Hey, mes amis, welcome back, c'est la vie, episode 9. I don't know why I turned this to a rhyme, but I did, here we go. What a whirlwind of a month we had together. I just got back from Quebec City and I recorded two incredible interviews. You're about to listen to the first. It is with Maria Castro from Voice of English Speaking Quebec. Maria works directly with newcomers that are coming to this province to help them learn and grow and find economic opportunities within the province of Quebec. And through these conversations and this community work she does, she has gained a lot of insights on the true realities of what it's like being a newcomer in Quebec. Last episode, we had a really important conversation on this idea of the waves of our identity and how past waves of immigration to this province have built this province into what it is. And yet, despite playing such an integral part in the formation of this province, a lot of these experiences of these newcomers and immigrants are not often shared. So I think this episode will be a great follow-up to last week, where we concluded this idea that there have been cultures and people here for decades that have built this province into what it is, that have an identity here, that have strong communities here, and the face of what Quebec is is not as clear-cut as it seems. In this episode, we'll build off these ideas and discuss how the newcomers that are coming to this province today and coming to this province over the last 10 years have continued to grow this province into what it is. Maria will also walk us through some unique challenges that these newcomers face and how we can all be better allies to our new neighbors. So without taking a lot more of your time, I'm going to jump right into this conversation and let's get right to it. Hi everyone, today I am here with Maria. Maria, introduce yourself to the world, let the world know who you are, and tell them a bit about yourself. This is going to be a long story. Um, my name is Maria, well, officially is Maria del Milagro, which is my uh, Latin American name, Spanish name. I come from Costa Rica. I was, um, I was a newcomer myself. I moved to Canada in 2017. For those who know me from the work environment i'm maria but to those who knew me before i started working in canada i'm millie that's because in costa rica in latin america women my generation and maybe a little older or we all have maria somewhere in the name and but we don't usually go by it we go by the second name or the other name that we have so milagro would be my name that people would mostly recognize me and again in latin america we have the the habit the custom of um shortening names so if you're milagro everyone knows that your nickname will be millie so whenever i introduce myself in latin america hi i'm millie everyone will know hi millie from milagro so when i moved to canada i moved first as a tourist because um i came here because of my then boyfriend today husband and uh, we didn't know anything about immigration laws like we were pretty naive and ignorant if you yeah i could admit it it was ignorant of on, on our behalf and um so i thought that moving here was easy just get a work permit that's it it wasn't so for two years and a half i was millie and then when i started working um like right before vec uh voice of english is speaking quebec where i work as a newcomers coordinator um i had to think okay how am i gonna introduce myself at work this is too long of a story to tell every time i introduce myself so i decided to go with maria because anyways in the ids there's no room for the whole name maria del milagro castro barrantes so <laughs> service canada decided to go with maria castro <laughs> so i'm maria castro
Maria Castro, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. And I think your introduction brought a great point, which can be a great point of discussion in this podcast. Quebec takes approximately 30 to 45,000 new immigrants every year. And with these new immigrants come a variety, a vast variety of backgrounds, cultures, identities that are all going to be worked to integrated into Quebec culture. And a big reason or helpful resource for a lot of these immigrants are community organizations such as such as the work that you and VEQ does, as well as Y for Y. And for these newcomers, these programs, these these community organizations are vital for finding their place here. So with all your work in, in helping newcomers, how important and vital would you say it is for community organizations to continue to do this work? I think it is essential, uh, especially during the past year and a half that we've been in the pandemic. Quebec is a, in, uh, is a French-speaking province and uh, moving to a new country it poses a lot of challenges. It poses the cultural shock, the understanding the new um, ways of doing in your new culture, your new city, and having access to that information in a language that you already understand is essential. So we have a lot of um, a lot of newcomers, not just immigrants. When I say newcomers, I mean both people coming from elsewhere in Canada. We have people coming from Montreal, from other regions in the province, and coming from elsewhere in, in the country, other provinces. And we also have immigrants like myself. I was a client at VEC. I used to use the services when I first arrived here before I, I became a permanent resident. So us, we facilitate that information. We are like a bridge. We are, we, that's our most important role. We act as a connecting bridge between the newcomers and the information or services they need to reach. So to make their settling as easy as possible. Our main goal is that, and we also want them to stay. <laughs> we don't want them to go anywhere. So if they can make their settling as easy as possible and fall in love with the city like I did, by all means, do so. I, I want to I touch back on that point of culture shock in a bit, but I wanted to ask you, what were some of the expectations or ideas you had of living in Quebec when you first moved here? What were some of the expectations you had about living here? Okay, um, let's, let's remember, let's keep in mind that I came here out of love. <laughs> so my expectations might be a little bit different than uh, most of the other newcomers, you know? So I was all lovey-dovey and I, I still am. I still love my husband five years into the relationship and now marriage um my expectations were first of all get a job that was my number one goal i wanted um i wanted to keep on working i was a hard-working woman back in costa rica i i was used to working a lot and i love it i wanted to be productive for the society the last thing i wanted to do was to be you know a drag and um so understanding that process understanding how you can uh, actually get a work permit and have access to that in Canada was hard at first. So that's when I learned, okay, well, I knew, but I had not experienced it. Information is power. You have to know a lot of things. You have to understand the mechanisms in order to achieve your goals. So for me it was uh, being able to work and it's the number one um, expectation that I, I uh, newcomers tell me. I am interested in working. That's when I meet a newcomer, their number one, their most um, common uh, demand is 
I need a job, I need to be able to work, and I need to be able to speak in French because they realize, they're aware that this is a French-speaking uh, community. And in order to, to, to increase your chances of getting a job, you have to be able to communicate in a lo local language. How are some of those expectations then challenged? And how are uh, this, this concept of culture shock, how does that play into these newcomers' uh, life experiences in their first few months here in Quebec? Personally, I got a job the day after I got my work permit. I got my work permit on a Thursday. I was working by, Monday, by Friday, right the next day. And uh, most of the newcomers that I've met, they, they have the same goals. And um, for them, first of all, is getting a CV in French. Even if it is in French, it's getting it to the local Quebec job market. So when I meet a newcomer, that's my number one question. Have you already translated your CV? And most of them are worried that they don't speak French yet or they don't master French. So they feel like they'll be, you know, fooling the employers by presenting a CV in French, which is understandable. And it's very, you know, um, it's uh, very thoughtful of them to, to be on, to, as honest as possible. But we explain them it's not about fooling anybody. It's about, you know, opening a door because most of the times, even when you're not proficient in French, you can still uh, carry out a task and eventually on the go learn French. So it's the most important thing is open the door, get access to the potential employers. So yeah, it's uh, get your CVs in French and um, get it adjusted to the local job market. So I would refer them to our, our partners uh, where they can get help for free. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that, um, you know, really trouble or stifle newcomers that come to Quebec? It will be the cycle going on between language and uh, access to employment. Uh, yeah, language, the first thing they, need, they do realize is that they have to learn French. And the vast majority of newcomers that I've met uh, are definitely willing and interested in learning French. And they always ask me, where can I go learn French? Where can I go learn French? Uh, find me the resources, find me a place. Um, and from there, once they get a little bit of French, uh, it's the access to employment and, and, and good employment. I mean, it's, it's a basic need. That facilitation of, of learning French, uh, I, I just want to, you know, get a bit of an understanding of how that newcomer experience, how it must feel, because being born and raised here, my French is my French is decent. My friends, my French friends might say otherwise, but I, I, I do I do acknowledge that because I've spoken, you know, I speak four other languages that my accent is is a bit strong when I speak French. So, you know, it's a bit distorted. But yesterday when I was coming back from interviewing somebody else in the VEQ um, headquarters, if you will, um, I met, encountered someone on the bus and I was telling them about how my phone had died so I didn't have access to my bus ticket. So right in, right in that moment, I was like, uh, acheté mon, mon billet sur mon, mon cellulaire, mais mon cellulaire c'est Meru. And I kept saying Meru. And he kept... You know, he kept making a small face, but he was understanding what I was saying. And 
very kindly. He helped me. He gave me some change. He got me on the bus. He spoke to the bus driver. And then we both sat down and got to talking. And we started talking about the podcast and talking about Quebec City. And it was a lovely conversation. It's one of the things I love most about Quebec is for a lot of people, this may not be the case everywhere, but in a lot of instances I've found that if you're trying and making a genuine effort to speak French, a lot of the people in Quebec City, I've realized will engage that they they will put a smile on their face and they will they you know they'll they'll engage that conversation with you and when they feel they need to switch to english they'll have no problem switching to english to talk to you in english as well and you know for me it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a goal of mine to continue to speak and practice my french so i'll stay speaking in french and to facilitate the conversation with a smile on their face they'll be responding in english and you know that kind of cooperative nature of helping each other really really has you know lifted my spirits in being in quebec city for the past couple of days because it made me realize that you know there are there are members of the french community that really want to see others excel and if like you're saying that a lot of these newcomers have a genuine interest in learning the language and and exploring the language then i think it's important to acknowledge and understand that engaging with the french community with these in a language even if you're not fully comfortable sometimes it's the best way to continue to learn french sometimes it's the best way to continue to grow as as a as a french speaker here i absolutely agree i must say i've had like only positive experiences. I came here with no French. Well, I knew how to say bonjour, je m'appelle, je suis perdu. Je suis perdu, uh, I, I used it a lot of times on the bus. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and, uh, but I was willing to learn. I, I had a, I mean, I always wanted to learn French. So it was, for me, it was, it was an opportunity to come here, uh, uh, not just being, you know, with the guy that I was in love with, I I'm still am, <laughs> using, trying to use, trying to meet halfway is very, very uh, helpful. Again, I come from, a, from another country, I come from Costa Rica, where number one industry is um, tourism, and I always worked in international schools over there, so I'm very used to dealing with people from all over the world. And I remember as a Costa Rican feeling, you know, f- feeling well about uh, people from all over the world trying to use Spanish, you know, even though I speak English and for me it would have been easier just to give the information in English. It was, it, it felt very nicely, you know, that they're coming to where I live and trying to use the language that we use in my, in my country, which was the Spanish. So it's the same thing here. I was paying the same, uh, the same. Uh, I was using the same token uh, of consideration towards the local people here. But of course, I was not able to use French at all when I moved here because I didn't speak it. So I would under, I would start. I learned a couple of lines by heart. Je suis perdu, like I said before, and je suis en train d'apprendre le français. Parlez-vous anglais? <laughs> that was like. My opening line, I mean, like, and I got my license exchanged, speaking in, in English at the SAAQ. I got help everywhere. And yes, at first, I felt a little bit frustrated when they, whenever they would switch back to English and I wanted to practice my French, but I understood it was a sign of being helpful. Mm-hmm. They were trying to accommodate to me. They're like, okay, she, her French is not that good. We'll we'll try in a language that she doesn't understand. But yeah, it's it's it it, it takes you a long way 
to try a little bit of French, even if you don't know French. Learn a, learn a couple of sentences to explain the situation you're in. And I think the best part, the best part of that appreciation, or like you said, you know, th that that accommodation, it's it's a sign that, you know, that there isn't. We hear a lot about language tensions around the province, and it's a big point of concern. And I think, um, as most things are, when there's a lot of troubling things happening in in the province or anywhere around the world, the media speaks about these things with a uh, a dire urgency and i feel like sometimes through that dire urgency of language laws or whatever is coming into place we lose a bit of that memory and that experience of people on the street that will switch to english to accommodate you you know french people that will um or, or conversations that you have with people that you know your French is bad, but they'll still be there trying to help you, uh, you know, with a smile on your face the whole way through. And for those experiences, I always speak about this province as as though it's a a bigger picture with little little segmentations of cultures and and dynamics. And when we look at the at the the English speaking community as a whole. And we break it down into these segmentations. The idea that what we think to be a Quebecer, what we think this idea of a Quebecer is changing every single day with newcomers coming in every single day, with, with 40,000 coming in every single year. What it means to be a Quebecer is constantly changing. So what would you say to anybody listening right now, a newcomer that has come to this province that is trying to find their way, that hasn't reached out to any community organizations yet, but really wants to feel a part of the Quebec culture. What would you say to someone trying to find their place in Quebec? Where does where do they start? Well, the obvious question would be call us, <laughs> send me an email. Uh, if, if you speak English and when Voice of English is speaking Quebec, this is a good remark to make. You don't have to be a native English speaker. So when I moved here, English was my second language. I had been speaking it for more than 20 years. I, I trained as an English teacher at university level in Costa Rica. And, um, and I used it more than half of my life. So when I moved here, of course, that I felt identified as an Anglophone in a way that that was the language I had been using for more than half of my life for more, most of my day. So finding the information for me in English was easier than finding it in French while I was learning. My recommendation for newcomers to newcomers would be there are a lot of organizations, a lot. It's a matter just of, you know, reaching out. And uh, I know at first as a newcomer, you may feel a little bit, you know, intimidated by it. And it's easier to be in your comfort zone and staying at home. And, you know, it's a scary. I, I was scared a little bit at first. I it was actually thanks to one of the VEC employees, uh, one of the coordinators, uh, Juanita Craig. She reached out to me. Actually, she was. She noticed that I kept on. Um, she noticed that I kept on confirming my participation in a workshop that they were doing, a bilingual workshop. Uh, tell me a story. It was a storytelling, story writing workshop. I kept on confirming my attendance week in, week week out, and I didn't show up. I, I I felt a little bit, you know, intimidated and like shy. 
So eventually, after three times that I was not showing up, she sent an email to me specifically and saying, hey, I noticed this, this, and that. And I would like to welcome you to the community. And if you want to come, please come. And that little invitation over there, that just one email, that personalized email tumbled down the wall that I had built myself. It was a wall I had built on my own. And it was preventing me from getting out and from incorporating in the society and from, you know, making it my own. And that was the start of me building my, building my community here in Quebec. I participated in that workshop. I, my story got published in the book. Um, I started volunteering with VEG. I started feeling more comfortable and more confident about my skills. I'm practicing my French. I started volunteering in French uh, in um, local uh, organisms like the friperie, the secondhand stores. And it was, it, I took off from, from there, I took off. So I know it can be hard taking the first step initially, but once you do it, you'll realize that there's a lot of resources. If it's not us in French, there is other resources uh, that are willing and available to provide the services in French or in Arabic, or in Spanish, just, you know, reach out to us. We, we're here to help. And that's really powerful, this idea that one, just that one act of kindness, that one act of kindness can make such a deep impact in people's lives. And, um, you know, that one act of kindness by Juanita put you down this road of doing continuous great work in your community and helping the newcomers out. Um, so I implore to all of our listeners, Take that moment of kindness. Take that moment of kindness to someone, to anyone. Start a conversation in the bus with someone. See if you know of any newcomers that are having issues, that are having a bit difficulty. Direct them to some resources. There are plenty in Quebec. And as always, we're going to have a list of all the resources in the description of this episode and on our website for you to access and share with any newcomers you know of. Because it's important. It's important that we work with each other to break down the walls that we're creating within ourselves. Because one of the toughest things to do when you want to feel like you belong in a community is break down your own um, misconceptions about that community. Um, to a certain extent, when we when we hear these stories of discrimination, and I know for myself it was very true when I heard these stories of discrimination growing up in Quebec, it made me worried. It made me, um, it, as you said, I built a wall within my own mind, fearing the outside world, thinking that they were going to be um, judgmental or uh, rude towards me. And there's something in psychology called uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. And self-fulfilling prophecy in psychology establishes the idea that if I come into my mind with a bias and I now behave around a group of people or a community because of this bias that I believe exists, then that bias will slowly begin to exist because of my behavior towards them and their behavior towards me will reflect my behavior towards them. And it's a never ending cycle of bias and missed opportunities of connection. And so I implore our listeners today to break that down. Let's work to break down our personal biases and let's work to get out there and open ourselves up to these conversations, open ourselves up to these ideas and connections because there's a whole world waiting for you with beautiful people and beautiful community that is willing to connect. Coming to Quebec, you said that in your experience working with newcomers, you've witnessed a lot of culture shock. 
What does that culture shock look like? It can be as easy as the buses here don't take cash. And if they take cash, uh, they don't give you change. So a lot of places around the world, you can still use uh, cash and, and, and expect the driver to give you in, in return your, your change, you know? That doesn't happen here. And uh, something that as little as that, also the language, you know, even and the ways of the way of doing things, even if you're Canadian and if you come to Quebec, you find, for example, the provincial tax uh, declaration that no other province does or understanding the health system. Even if you're Canadian, you come from Ontario, you come from BC, you have to relearn how the health system works here. Um, the food, it's one of the biggest, uh, you know, again, even if you're from Canada or from abroad, you'll see that you don't find everything here. And it's, 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 it, it takes a little bit of, you know, um, adaptation to your new city, to your new, to your new place. It's, it's, it's mostly that it's all, it's all about adaptation. So I guess my final question would then be, what can we do? Those who aren't newcomers to this province, and maybe some of those that are newcomers from decades ago, how can we help newcomers into this province in in the most respectful way possible, and help them help them feel more comfortable in the province? How what are some of the things that we can do to be allies towards newcomers and immigrants to the province? I would say, be open-minded and uh, practice empathy. So, for example, with my husband, we come from different cultures. He's Quebecois. He's uh, born and raised in Quebec, and I'm from another country. So uh, it took us a good amount of time, you know, to understand each other in little things because, and it's easy. It's not, it's not a Quebec thing. It's, it's a natural human thing. We assume that our reality, it's everyone else's reality. So that's the number one thing that I always try to practice with, uh, with anyone that I meet. I don't assume things because I really don't know anything about him. And my reality is not necessarily theirs. So that was one of the things that my husband and I had to discuss. Like, he's a local Quebecois. Like, stop assuming that I know the things that you know because I don't. I necessarily don't. And just by doing that, you're being empathetic. You know, you're you're showing a little bit of understanding and open-mindedness about towards the others. And I think that that is a great place to leave it. And I hope that everybody listening got as much out of this episode as I did, because I learned a lot today, and I'm looking forward to seeing and finding ways that I can continue to support the newcomers in my area, and I hope you all find ways to engage in your community organizations and help build your connection towards Quebec, but also help facilitate that feeling of belonging for for any newcomers that are coming down to to this province. I want to thank Maria again for coming on the episode, and I want to thank all of you for sticking around and listening. This is episode 9 of 10 for this project, and I'm so grateful for all the things that we've learned. I feel like every episode has been vital to continue to build this bigger picture of what Quebec's mosaic truly looks like, and it makes me so excited and happy to see just these conversations getting deeper each and every time. I'm really looking forward to the last two episodes that I can present to you guys. One will be a conversation with some local leaders that are doing great initiative, local youth members that are taking time out of their lives to do great work through 
engaging with their communities, engaging with youth, and making Quebec a more inclusive and loving place to live in. As always, friends, the links to all the resources mentioned in this episode and a lot more is going to be in the description of this episode wherever you're listening to it. Share this episode with a friend. Share the resources with a friend. Being an ally means proactively trying to just better your community through education. And this has never been more important. Remember, friends, you are the culture. We are the culture. So go out there, keep your voices heard, and let's keep building upon this ever-changing mosaic that is the Quebec identity. Garbage truck for two, I'm talking shit about your boyfriend and reeking of booze. I got bellows in my petite, as in my hair. I wanna love you, baby, but I wouldn't be here because I'm a Like me, people throw the shit up, but I say treasure for free. Shut up, go to bed, you're drunk, go to bed, shut up, you're drunk, go to bed, you're drunk. I want to give a special thank you to Dishpit for providing their music at the end of the episode. Thank you to Canadian Heritage for always supporting this project. And most importantly, thank you to all of you for keeping these voices heard. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day.